the employer and the employee are going to enter into a non-binding, non-legal, mm-hmm. but but kind of you know ethically agreed upon contract. Okay, and it'll generally go from eighteen to twenty-four months. And what what the contract will will do is form a tour of duty that aligns with the the employee's goals and motivations and desires to get to the next step. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Tuesday, which means this is our hashtag one big idea episode. In these episodes, you'll hear some of the best big ideas from incredible practitioners, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs within our community. Here we go. Welcome to the Flip My Phone podcast. I am super excited to have Dave Keel. He's uh, one of my very good friends. I've become a mentor friend a lot more. And, and we're going to talk about a really interesting concept that he and I met like maybe a few weeks ago for lunch. And the concept was all around tour of duty. Um, so we're going to talk about that concept. And it's all it's a really interesting principle if you are an entrepreneur or if you're a leader in marketing, sales, or customer success. I think this is a concept that most people miss out on. So I'll, we're going to dig into that, what we learned, what he has learned as he applied this principle in his company, because he is a serial entrepreneur yeah, and he's currently the CEO of uh, QA Symphony. And before that, he has done a whole bunch of different entrepreneurship. So he has been there, done that and knows a lot. Uh, but Dave, welcome to the show. Thank you. And I, I hate to correct you in my first sentence, but uh, as many people do, my name is actually pronounced Kyle. I know we have, we're, we're on a first name basis. So, <laughs> so um, you know, I won't hold you. I won't hold uh, that against you, but it's unlike it's spelled. Seriously. It's pronounced Kyle. Uh, thanks for correcting yes. me after yes. a year. Dana Barrett <laughs> inc- it also got it wrong last um, week. So you're in good company. All right. I'm in good company. So um, before we get into this tour of duty, which is a phenomenal concept, I fell in love the day uh, Dave uh, recommended to me or suggested that this is an idea. Dave and I actually made uh, met each other in a very interesting way. So, Dave, do you want to just share? Sure, what sure. You know, uh, I'm a very competitive guy, as I know, um, <laughs> as I know, Sangram is. And um, when I joined QA Symphony in 2014, uh, what, one of the real um, early goals we had was to build out a, a, an A plus executive team because I felt we were going to be able to grow a very large business, and I wanted to uh, put the team together that could scale that. Right, um, and we, we were lucky to get uh, some real talented folks in at, at many levels. And when we were looking for a marketing leader, uh, I was quickly pointed in your direction. Yeah, by several folks. So I said, "Great, we got along well." And I thought <laughs> for sure, just like we had with all the other executives, that we would quickly um, reach an agreement and yeah. bring you on as our CMO. This was maybe late 2015. Yeah, was it? yeah. And um, late, late 2014 because 2015. 14. Sorry, yeah. sorry, yeah. 14. So little did I. Um, <laughs> realize you had other ideas in mind. You, I thought you were using that as a negotiating ploy yeah. to tell me you wanted to yeah. work on this startup called Terminus. Yeah. And I'm like, come on, let's get, let's yeah. get on with it. Yeah, you got a real company thing, running. We got like, things <laughs> to do here. We just raised venture capital money. You know, how are you going to feed your nice family? Yeah. But um, obviously uh, that was a great decision on your part and you've been lucky. You've, you've been transformational in what you've done and, and we've remained good friends. And it was the only executive that I've um, worked hard to bring on that I was unsuccessful. And <laughs> wow. So, uh, so I'm about 15 and one so far. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. And and I think this is also a lesson for most people uh, as, as you think about like, I was going through a proper interview process, right? And then Dave and the team are doing a phenomenal job, uh, but it didn't end. Like it actually started a new friendship 
for for me and and I didn't let let it end like well the interview wasn't done and I'm not going to go work for QS Symphony so you know that's now after that I think we met almost every single month for lunch and and continued our relationship and I've learned so much from well, I was, I was convinced that Terminus would be out of business a few months <laughs> so I want to keep up with you because I figured you need a job but I'm joking of course but no I was I was really thrilled that um, we have kept up and I've learned a lot from you and you've you've been very kind to share uh, your thoughts around a lot of the things that we're doing at QA Symphony. So I, I, I continue to to uh, you know, like to see the, the friendship flourish. Yeah, man, that's cool. So let's dive right into it. So you and I talked about uh, a few weeks ago, this idea of tour of duty. Mm-hmm. Can you elaborate on like, where did that come from sure. before we jump into like how and, and what are you doing at QA Symphony with that Absolutely. idea? Absolutely. And it's not a uh, idea that I made up, but I, I am good at copying other yeah. ideas. Um, so my brother, um, Rob, lives on the West Coast in okay. technology. And, of course, everyone on the West Coast is much smarter than us guys on the East Coast. <laughs> They've seen a few women on the East Coast. So he recommended a book to me uh, as we were starting to scale QA Symphony called The Alliance. The Alliance. And the Alliance. And it was written by the founders of LinkedIn. And uh, on a flight to Vietnam, we have an office in Vietnam, so I, that's my one chance to read, <laughs> read books. I read this book, and I was captivated by uh, the message. And really what The Alliance talks about is this framework that mm-hmm. they, that has worked at um, LinkedIn called the Tour of Duty. Okay. And when I read it, um, and I'm happy to expand, that's what I felt uh, would be really timely to introduce to QA Symphony. Yeah, and what, like in general, what got you into that idea? What was it about that that, that you felt in love with that? So the, the, the premise um, that, that, the, that the authors uh, talked about was really around the uh, decline in loyalty mm-hmm. uh, between employer and employee across corporate America. Yeah. And that they saw this dynamic happening for a number of reasons, but they, they observed it was especially acute mm-hmm. with technology companies. Yeah. And that uh, they, they really struggled with how were they going to make, keep their best people at LinkedIn and grow them and uh, deal with, you know, what was a challenge in terms of churn. Yeah. And that's a, that's a challenge that, that I think all, um, great technology companies deal with. Yep. So uh, I was very interested to, to learn from their experience, and what they what they mapped out was a tour of duty framework that uh, was pretty prescriptive and pretty um, straightforward. It mm-hmm. essentially says the employer and the employee are going to enter into a non-binding, non-legal, mm-hmm. but but kind of you know ethically agreed upon contract. Okay. And it'll generally go from eighteen to twenty-four months. And what, what the contract will, will do is form a tour of duty that aligns with the, the employee's goals and motivations and desires to get to the next step. Okay. So if an employee says, listen, I'm working in marketing, I really want to be in product management. Yeah. Um, that's my goal. That's my career goal. Instead of having to think about how they can you know, apply for product management jobs at competitors, Somewhere else. Yeah. Um, they would be very open with their um, their uh, manager and and talk about their goals and together the manager and the employee would put together a two-year set of objectives that they would work on together to put the employee in a position to reach their their goals. Now at the same time, um, like all things, um, there needs to be alignment and a win-win. So as at the same time that the employee is uh, working towards achieving his or her goals, the employer has a set of objectives that they need from yeah. the employee. And so part of that tour is also outlining very clearly what the employer is looking for from the employee over that same time frame. Yep. And the hope is that at the end of that, you know, call it two-year tour, um, the employee feels, you know, like he or she has accomplished their goals and they can then 
move to this other role within the organization. And right. You've paved the way yep. uh, for that. There, that's just one example, of course. There are many situations where um, employees want to simply get better at their current job. So right. it doesn't at all involve having to change your job, but it right. does involve putting the employee in a position where they can gain something and also that the employer can gain something. So it truly is, if done correctly, a win-win. So, I mean, it sounds phenomenal, right? Like, hey, you know, you're going to have someone come in and Caitlin is right here, right? Caitlin is still at school. A lot of people have heard from her on this podcast. And I'm, I'm looking at Caitlin right now thinking that, wow, that sounds really cool. She can come in and say, hey, I want to be in marketing for the first couple of years. But later on, uh, I might want to be in customer success or sales. Mm-hmm. And now I'm thinking as a manager, right? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the people listening to the podcast might be in like leadership positions in marketing and sales or whatever. And they're like, well, wait a minute. Am I hiring people to have no, them no longer be un- in my team? Is that what's happening? Is that what I should encourage? Or should mm-hmm. I be more trying to keep them in my team? Like, mm-hmm. well, how, how have you yeah, tried the, to do the, that? The book um, certainly addresses that in a lot of detail. And there's, as in many things, no right or wrong answer. Yeah. There's no perfect black and white here. However... I think there is a premise that employees are going to really thrive when they're doing what they're passionate about. Right. And if an employee doesn't want to stay in marketing forever, you as the employer can try as hard as you want, but you're not going to really optimize what you're going to get out of this employee by forcing them to stay in a role. They're not going to be their best. That doesn't mean that there's not a compromise. And you might say, listen, we need you for another three months for transition and all of that. It's not not, uh, without some real world applications yeah. and some and some balance and some compromise. But right. in general, over the long term, uh, the book believes, and I certainly believe from my experiences, that uh, one is much better off with talented folks supporting them in their passion yeah. and that the company is going to benefit. That's great. So how have you actually in real world, talking about real world, you have implemented this at QS Symphony, yes. which is a you know an incredible company. We should share a little bit about QS Symphony and then kind of share how long it has been for you. And then we're going to dive into like the lessons learned of putting a structure and a framework like this in a company. Absolutely. So uh, QA Symphony, unlike um, <laughs> unlike Terminus, which is a very, about to say very sexy, selling to you know, CMOs and all yeah. very uh, outgoing marketing folks, QA Symphony um, is targeting, you know, the the technology part of an organization. We have a very important, a very comprehensive <laughs> um, software platform, a SaaS platform uh, that targets developers and testers. Right. And essentially, it provides developers and testers um, a way to uh, develop and test software much more quickly and and, and to produce software at much higher quality. Cool. And uh, we've we've been uh, able to have a lot of growth and success over the past three years. When I joined, we literally had four people in Atlanta and a team of developers in Vietnam. We now have 80 people in Atlanta. We've got another six in London, in a new London office. That's a year old. Congrats. Um, you know, awesome. We grew over 100% last year. We've raised $48 million of capital now uh, and um, you know, our position for accelerated growth this year. Yeah. So it sounds very sexy to me. I don't know about like anybody to me, else. Making money, to me, making money is sexy. So <laughs> yeah, it the color is, is still uh, the same. <laughs> we're, we're having fun. And, um, but, but uh, you know, we, we um, have primarily been successful because of our people. Yeah. And yes, we have great products. And, you know, yes, there are other factors in the market. But ultimately, as is the case with most technology companies that I've seen, certainly, um, companies are going to live or die by... Uh, the people that they have in the business. 100%. And I'm a firm believer in that. And so it's been my personal goal as a result to invest a lot in our people, not only within the tour of duty, but with other um, approaches that we can can expand on. As it relates to the tour of duty, and per your question, 
Um, I thought that this was a neat idea and I figured why not try it out? Yeah. So um, I got I got very um, energized and at a company update, we do monthly updates uh, with the team. I rolled out this concept. I encouraged people to read when, the book. When was this? This was in uh, the spring or summer of 2016. Okay. So you have been a couple of years. So, so we're in, we, we, so we do it on a, on a annual basis okay. and I'll describe some of the, the details and we, we rolled it out to everybody over the course of the year in 2016. And then we um, uh, did a, a repeat of that mm-hmm. with a much bigger group in 2017. Wow. So, so it um, wasn't for everybody in the organization to get started with. Yeah. So, so first of all, w- what I did um, do to try to segment, you know, a little bit so that I didn't have, you know, yeah. 40 <laughs> meetings in one day was I, 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 this, this was not meant to be for executives okay. uh, that report directly to me. And, right. and, and for different reasons, I spent a lot of time with them. Yeah. You know, we're often, um, you know, aligning very closely on their yeah. careers. So it was really uh, focused on the group that was below the executive level and also had been at the company for a little bit. So if someone just started a week earlier, yeah. it, it wasn't really going to be, um, you know, make sense to have a tour of duty meeting. So those were the, those were the constraints that we, that we put on it. And then I would identify um, certain days where I would block out and I would say, listen on, you know, Tuesday, the 16th and, you know, Wednesday, the 20, you know, fourth. Yeah. But, you know, take an hour and those two days are wide open and the 15 folks yeah. slots and, you know, have at it. Yeah. And I would, I would find that I could get very focused for a day. So they would come it. and talk to you. They would like, come to my office and yeah. we would, we would um, go through really kind of a three part Wow. Process and I would I, and, and I would say that prior to the meeting, I would ask that they simply fill out a simple um, sheet that identifies what their goals are okay. for them, right. and what what they they believe the company's um, tour would would be for the company. Do they work any of this with their manager, or is this some of them do? Okay. Many of them do, but that's not um, required. Okay. And I would also um, you know reiterate that that many of the things they may discuss in some cases might be confidential. Yeah. So, so there was that, um, that, 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 uh, uh piece of it that I was certainly yeah. willing to agree to yeah. in certain cases. Right. Right. Because they want to change and all that stuff and they want to be very, very, okay. of course. Wow. That is great. So where is the program now? So, well, first of all, let me, let me say, so we went through it in 2016 over the course of several months and I was amazed on two things. I was amazed how, uh, well it was received and that, uh, folks throughout the company really seemed to get a lot, a lot out of the time in sharing with me their career objectives, sharing with me what they hope to accomplish over the next two years, and then talking about how we might together work towards that. Yeah. So that was, that was really exciting. But what I think was, was even more um, exciting to me was how much I learned from the process personally. Right. Yeah. So being selfish, I found that it gave me a terrific and, and really insightful view often into parts of the company that I hadn't been close, close to yeah, as I would yeah. have liked to have been. I found that um, almost across the board, uh, my colleagues that met with me were extremely candid yeah. and extremely open. And that, that led to a lot of awareness on my part wow. uh, in many ways. Um, it, was, it was also very exciting. This process has allowed for uh, many folks to advance into positions that had I not gone through this, yeah. might not even have known about. So for yeah. example, we opened up a London office a year ago there was one um, associate in sales who had done well and said, you know, listen, I'm young, I'm single. If we ever have an office yeah. outside the country, I'd love to go. Well, guess what? We opened <laughs> the office and we sent this guy named Andrew yeah. over for a year and it was a great success. And he was thrilled that it met one of his yeah. personal objectives. If I hadn't had this 
you know, to her duty. I doubt I would have even known that. Yeah. Um, there was a, you know, a, a great um, colleague of mine who was in customer success. She was dying to get into product management. We worked through this tour of duty process yeah. um, over a couple of meetings, actually, to find a way to, to uh, get her placed in product management. And to your point earlier, it was tricky because yeah. she was doing so well in customer success <laughs> That's that her, her boss was not excited <laughs> to have her take on this. But but ultimately, we all agreed as in a senior team that we were going to be better off yeah. by investing in our employees. And this woman now is our top product manager and has created even more value in this yeah. role. And now part of the role that um, a, a uh, employee would have, though, when they yeah. move to a new role Guess what? Is getting their backfill yeah. transition. So, so there's, there's part of what part of what Judy had to do was yeah. find the next customer <laughs> success, yeah. get that person up to speed. So and she had double duty for a little bit of time. Absolutely, and, and that was part of the conversation. Absolutely, absolutely. I love that. So, so let's just kind of go into like what can what did you learn from all of this? Like, you know, were you were the things that you would say? You know what? I tried that, and that wasn't the best thing to do. Well, I'll tell you. They, they, I'll, I'll 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 share a couple of things. Um, I found that generally these um, tours went in one of three directions. Okay. Um, one, about half the people uh, were really happy doing what they were doing yeah. and wanted to just get better at what they were doing. Those right. were very, you know, easy, good yeah. meetings. You know, can you, Dave, can you suggest some courses to take, some books yeah. you read that you like? I'd like to, um, you know, go and maybe visit more clients. Yeah. I'd like to go, go to, to a event. conference. Yeah. So, so we worked together on a plan. That's awesome. Um, and, and that was, you know, pretty straightforward. Maybe in about 30 to 40% of the cases, uh, folks would want to have a longer-term goal to move to a different role within yeah. the company. We've yeah. had we've had a lot of success in moving our SDRs into other roles like customer success and marketing, and uh, you know that's been a, a huge that's positive awesome. for us. And yeah. so there was a lot of that, that because that's right. normally won't happen, right? Normally, an SDR goes to an account we've, executive. We've evolved. We've evolved yeah. that. I think initially that was the case, but yeah. we've actually now have our SDR program is really a feeder to that is many different roles throughout the company, which has worked that well. So in about fifteen percent of the cases, however. <laughs> There was not really going to be an alignment. It was someone who came to me and said, for example, I want to be a sales manager in a year. Yeah. And I um, was able to see that this was unlikely to happen. Or in some cases, I remember an individual said, you know, listen, I I need to move to become an enterprise salesperson in a year. I've done X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And and I just knew that, um, you know, we were not going to be able to to meet the criteria that that individual had. And what I found in those cases is – What's better off is working with the manager and ultimately being very honest with the employee as opposed to stringing them on yeah. that something's going to happen yeah. that's never going to happen. Right. And I think to me, you owe it to the employee to put them in a position to, to meet their goals in another organization. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that it has to happen the next day. Right. And it doesn't mean that things sometimes don't change. But ultimately, even those more difficult uh, situations ended up in a net positive for everybody. Yeah, because now you're aware and you, right. you are aware, they are self-aware, their manager's aware. Now you can do something about it. Yes. As opposed to one fine day, somebody just shows up and like, hey, this is not working out for me. That would be a really bad day. So let me answer your question now. Yeah. It's a long way of giving you some background. <laughs> so your, your question was, what have I learned? Yeah. You know, what things might I do differently? So uh, the, the key learning for me was ensuring that I did a better job of getting my team involved in the follow-up and the next steps. Mm-hmm. So my, my, goal would, my goal would be to have this initial meeting, document the highlights, yeah. and um, share the highlights and the next steps with the executive team. Right. Um, the uh, challenge resulted when either I didn't do a good enough job communicating that or there wasn't good follow-up yeah. on the next steps. And, and, and as you can imagine, if 
my I have this great meeting and a employee's energized. Yeah. And I talk to, you know, the they're manager. probably thinking that's going to happen tomorrow. Well, like, even if it, even if it's not, it, it, they think something's going to happen. Yeah. And if nothing ever happens, <laughs> you've actually gone backwards. Yeah. Very, so really so bad. like all things in, in business, there needs to be both a plan yeah. and an execution of the plan. And communication and, around and, that. And communication. So I, I think we're doing better there. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not like any fancy um, approach. This is I manage this on spreadsheets. You yeah, know? we've got less than 100 people, so yeah. it's not like I've got a complex. Yeah, and you're not uh, going through for every single person either. Correct, so. correct. But, but but we do have in our um, executive meetings about once a month. Yeah, we'll go through the next steps and and I think generally wow. do okay. a pretty good job of keeping up on um, you know what what is agreed to happen. Yeah. Just love it. All right, so I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, this is this is phenomenal. I think a lot of people will get a lot of ton of ideas out of it. Like one, for me, the biggest thing, and you hit on this one really, really well, loyalty is no longer something that you can just stay on. Like just because you get somebody a job doesn't mean they're going to stay there forever. You have to figure out a way to, to f- find a way for that person to be excited, be passionate, and their passions could change over a period of time as they learn, as they grow. So like Caitlin, I think about Caitlin all the time. Is like, well, Caitlin is like an intern today and doing incredible, was an intern and now is a full-time at, at Flip My Funnel. But, you know, her passions as she grows and learns might be like, well, this is cool. Let me try that. And if I did not, or we as a company did not provide that opportunity for her or create an environment mm-hmm. for her, she's going to go find- You've got to invest job. in Caitlin. Yeah. Right? You've got to invest to like you would invest in a product line yeah. and you would invest, you know, in, in other areas of your company, you've got to invest in the human capital. That is so, so it's not, so it doesn't end when after the interview, make a job offer, goes on your forever. job goes on forever. So I think that's a, any manager can take a big, uh, you know, a big cue on that one. The other part you mentioned was uh, all around that. This is when, you, if you are going to start this thing first, go and get that book Alliance Yes. Uh, and read up on this tour of duty. I don't get any commission on it, by the way. <laughs> it's just a nonprofit part of my, my job. <laughs> and, and it's written by the founders of LinkedIn. So you can actually go and kind of cheat and go on their website and they put together like a 50 slide PowerPoint Woo. That that gives you the greatest hits of it. If you don't want to read the book, I recommend reading the book. <laughs> there is some good uh, depth in the book, but if yeah. if you if you want to cheat, you can see the PowerPoint. Yeah. They listen to the podcast and they're like ready to go. So that, that makes sense. And the the part that you mentioned about, which is I think really really cool, really really important, is that don't necessarily start with the entire group and and make it a big thing because you never know all the different things. It seems like what the approach that you took was you created a, a forum almost to get this information out, figured out what type of people would best suit for this to even start the conversation. And then as you learned, you kind of expanded more in the organization as opposed to just going and saying, hey, this is what we're going to do. Let's just all be very open and transparent. Well, it might sound really cool, but it'd be really hard to execute. You're, you're right. We took we did it in a phase approach. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We did, we did, in fairness, have some methodology. We did it really by starting dates. So we yeah. would we would start with folks that had been there the longest and yeah. and go through it in that chronology. But it was absolutely phased for, yeah. for just practical reasons that I wasn't in a position to have 40 meetings, yeah. you know, in one week. So, yeah. um, you know, the meetings um, were great and very uh, positive, but took took a lot of attention and a lot of a lot of energy, a lot of coffee. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I wanted to make sure I had full full focus on on these. And that I think that's the last part I leave everybody with is the that you as a CEO of the company were bought into this idea and you personally invested your own time in making this happen. So if you're a leader in an organization, you as a leader, or if you you're not the the person who's making the decision, don't just go and start doing this. You need to get buy in from Absolutely. other people in the organization because. 
what we're really talking about here is a cross-functional movement in the organization. It could change the core tenets of how the organization is structured or operates. So it may not be for your organization. I don't know. It sounds really cool, but it may not be for your organization. So so if you're ready to jump on it, like get your executive to buy and make, figure out a way to, to make this work. But it's not going to be true for every single person to just go and do it because other organizations may not want to do the same thing that you want to do for your team. And, and in that same vein, you know, as LinkedIn is a big organization. Yeah. And so there were some themes that they talked about that weren't directly applicable to us. I mean, we didn't have thousands of people. Yeah. So you could easily go from one department to the next, yeah. you know, very quickly. So I think like all things, you need to modify and take the stuff that is relevant out yeah. and, and not try to copy it exactly as it's um, laid out in the book. Sounds good. Dave, thank you so much, it's man. It's a pleasure. Really, really it's really a pleasure. pleasure Always a pleasure. All right. Thank you. Flip My Funnel is on a mission to build the largest and most engaged community of B2B professionals in the world. Join the movement at flipmyfunnel.com. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. 